It was developed as a labor of love, created in one man's free time over the course of five years. As he worked on this project, you could have never guessed the impact that his little platform game would have on the video game industry. Releasing it in December of 2004 was just the beginning. Cave Story would become one of the most influential games of its time, a darling little indie game that would spark a revolution for indie games everywhere. Today, we're going to take a look back at Cave Story, how it came to be, what you think about it, and the legacy it left behind. It may be a game about a robot with amnesia, but for the rest of us, Cave Story is certainly hard to forget. So stick around and join us as we look back at this indie gem on today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 69th, nice, episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. I couldn't pass on that. (laughs) Each week we take a look at one title relevant to the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as as its inspiration, and what it gave back to the world and its legacy. And I promise we're not always as childish. Today, we're looking back at Cave Story, released in Japan in December of 2004, before coming stateside quite a bit later in 2011. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who enjoys spelunking as a pastime, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob uh how is it how is that pastime of uh you know spelunking in some deep holes it's dark and it's cold i guess i am that childish all the time you sure are dave (laughs) oh man all right so what have you been playing this week well this week got a little bit of rocket league in Got a little bit of New World in. Was playing some Tarkov again. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm over it at this point. I even managed to get some Let's Go Pikachu in while I was out at a friend's wedding. So. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How about yourself? Let's Go Pikachu. What have you been playing? I haven't really had a lot of gaming time this week. I managed to play a little bit of Forza and I I don't think I've had a chance to play anything else. Oh, that's not true. I played um I dabbled between a, a couple of VR titles. I, I got a new I got the Halo strap for my Oculus, uh the Bobo VR Halo strap, uh, which is way more comfortable than a stock strap. And of mm. course it made me want to just play a little bit you know what i mean sure so yeah but not a lot of time to game this week it is the week leading up to christmas and um you know we we all have stuff going on this week so true true so yeah uh cave story you have any familiarity with cave story rob i know about cave story dave i've never had the opportunity to play it but i uh i've seen gameplay of it as well as uh know just a bit about the story so so you remember when it was like the the thing no uh 
I don't no. remember when it was a thing. No, really. No. I think at one time I, fe- I feel like I feel like a lot of people were into Cave Story. It had its it had its fifteen minutes in the limelight. That's for sure. So yeah. Well, Cave Story was created by Daisuke Pixel Amaya. Uh, he developed Cave Story in his free time over five years, which blows my mind. I can't, I can't, I can't. I tried to start projects, but the thought of having the patience, the willpower, and the determination to focus on a single project for five years is honestly amazing to me. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. You know, I think about that a lot. Like, what was I doing five years ago? You know, five years ago, I was I, I was hobby programming. And if I had been working on one of the projects I dabbled with, you know, from five years ago now, I might be rounding the bend of finishing it. And that's such a novel concept to me. I give a lot of credit to any programmers out there that that can do that. But yeah, man, your free time, five years. You think he had time to play like video games? <laughs> uh, highly doubtful, Dave. I don't know about that, man. Oh no, man. Yeah, you, you're you're probably right. He probably had a lot of time to play some games. No, nah, I don't know if he had a lot of time. Still, no, it's pretty. No, no. It's it's impressive, man. It's impressive. It is absolutely. So Pixel began the project when he was in college, and he continued working on it uh, after graduating and getting a job as a software developer. He started the project by writing title screen music and which is kind of funny to me. Like when do you hmm. so he so he started by writing the title screen music and programming uh really rudimentary character movements. And so it's really fascinating to me, like did the music inspire the game or did he have the game in mind and the music was part of it? Or like, why start with the title screen music? You know? I don't know. Maybe that was just what inspired him the most. Maybe, 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 maybe. So he started by programming rudimentary character movements and then he started programming rooms. Uh, He created a number of enclosed spaces because that's where his expertise was at the time. And from this concept, the idea of a cave setting evolved. And that's pretty much where he started the game. You know, he later admitted that his, what he called lack of planning uh, would create problems for him down the line because he didn't have any dedicated map editing tools. He didn't have data management tools. Uh, he he pretty much just started. I mean, it's it's kind of like what we all do with these types of projects. When you're first learning how to make video games, you know, you just make a single concept and you go from there. That's kind of what he did, and it just it just got bigger until it was bigger than he expected. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. He wanted the game. What he did know was that he wanted the game to have an old fashioned feel. That was really reminiscent of the games he played as a child. Uh, One example he gave was Metroid. You know, we've talked about Metroid on a different episode. And kind of the art style was born from this too. You know, Cave Story is a pixel art game. It's got a very retro feel. And 
you know, because of this basic design, this old school retro design, it, the art design is within his capability, it allowed him to create a lot of art for the game, you know, uh, having to learn how to do 3D, 3D sculpting and everything would have been would have been very different. So there were the, the point is, is this whole game was kind of born out of a basic idea and his skill set at the time. And, and then it just grew from there. And I guess any project would. Um, but it's just I don't know. It's just fascinating the way people work on this. Ever some people will sit down with an entire Bible and know what they want to create. And this guy basically said, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna make a a little square on a screen that can move left and right and jump up and down, and then I can make these square enclosed rooms." And then it just kind of it, he he just kind of tweaked it from there. I guess we should all be so lucky, you know? Absolutely, yeah. You ever thought about making a video game before? I've definitely thought about it, but <clears throat> I don't really know enough of what like I'd want to do with it or how I'd want it to look. I just thought, hey, it'd be cool to have a video game someday. But, you know, there's a lot more planning that goes into it than just it'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Very, very true. So instead of a tutorial level, uh, for those of you who haven't played Cave Story, and since we're talking about the way it's designed, um, the first level of this game gives the player two different ways to go. One way is blocked until you retrieve an item from the other path. Uh, you know, um, Pixel really hated tutorial levels, and so he designed this specifically realistically this start was inspired and it's 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 metroid that's exactly how metroid is you know when you start the first when you start the first metroid game and you go to the right you you find yourself blocked by a wall and when you go left you get the ability to turn into the the ball and that ball allows you to roll under said wall when you go back to the right. So it's exactly the same as Metroid. And that's where he got his concept for the first level too. Um, and, and what he later said was that the setup, it really lets players like they, it, it helps players feel like they've solved the problem on their own and it, their hand wasn't held for them. And this is a concept, a design concept that really persists through the entirety of cave story. Um, yeah, entirely cave story. Now, like I said in the beginning, he had all squares he could do in the beginning, like the beta versions of the game. All of the enemies were really shaped like bars of soap. Um, yep. I mean, that's hey, when that when you can do a square, you can do a square. That reminds me of the game. Oh, what's that game where you're just squares and it's a puzzle game? Thomas is alone, I think it's called. You ever stumble across that one? I cannot say that I have, Dave. Yeah, it's a really fascinating game. Um, but you, the level design is you're literally just a square. And you, I, I mean, I, I, to tell more would be to kind of give it away because it's it's kind of a, a interesting concept. But yeah, so the early enemies were bars of soap. And um, there are some later characters that kind of kept that design, like the Balrog character. Um, but, you know, eventually all the game art evolved into something else. Um, when Pixel designed all the different areas, he wanted them to be designed around a single theme. 
the concept he kind of took was was you know the egg corridor has warmth the sand zone is arid and oppressive he just wanted like any good game designer each let's say biome of the game to feel like it had a theme to it um yeah that's pretty cool it is it is you know for 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 just as much as it seems like he started this game on a whim, there were some very key things he decided that he wanted to do in the long run that really just kind of worked. That's that's all, you know, I guess he knew as much as he didn't know. And that's where most of us start. So very true on that one. Um, Like I said, you know, in the beta, all the enemies were shaped like bars of soap. I talked about how that design kind of stuck with the Balrog Balrog's uh one of the bosses in the game. Um, but in the beginning, that was a common monster. Um, quote wasn't is the name of the main character. Quote wasn't quote quote was originally a character named Curly Brace. Um, and realistically, Cave Story was a completely different game because um, because he was just learning. You know, the, the, the first iteration of a lot of games are just learning. Um, and while we know a little bit about it, such as these name releases and that, there's really not much else because they've requested the beta. All the fans of the game have said, hey, we want the beta, but Pixel feels it's too buggy to be worth worth anyone's while. So, so yeah. So a little bit of a design and away we go. Um, Cave Story is a basic platformer if you've never come across it. Basically, you control an on-screen character using a keyboard or gamepad. Um... You progress by shooting enemies with a weapon or there are various platform puzzles that you need to navigate. Uh, you gain different weapons that you can use on different enemies along the way. Kind of, I don't know, Mega Man-ish. You get experience points that you can use to, use to improve weapons. Uh, you gain health and missile capacity as you go along like Metroid. And you talk to non-player characters and you collect objects along the way. I, I, I'm bringing up the way these are related to other things because I want to stress the point. This is really a love letter to the platform games of yesteryear. You know, he's got platform a la Mario in there. He's got, you know, the weapons a la Mega Man. And he talked about the Metroidvania style from what else but Metroid. Cave Story... If you've never had a chance to play it, which is really ridiculous at this point, no offense, Rob. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, okay, so the reason why I say that is because it was originally released as a free game on like one of those like flash sites. And the very first version of the game that a lot of people know is still available in that respect. Now, there have been other versions of it made, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But uh, that's why it was kind of a thing because you had this free flash game that was honestly something amazing because there weren't a lot of flash games that were, does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense, Dave. I mean, a I, lot just, of, I guess to be fair, I didn't really know oh, that it was oh, free. Let's let's look, I'm not even going to pull punches. It was quite some years later before I ever stumbled across cave story. I'm not going to pretend that I was an early adopter that found it like, you know, when it was free in the beginning. Um, I found one of its later versions and had an opportunity to play through it uh, before tackling it again for this episode really briefly. 
you know, it is it was one of those games that was a, a flash game that was a legitimate game, whereas most of your flash games were cheesy, like, you know, sport games or shooting games or stick figure fighting games are are, you know, that that's what was more common back then. Um, but, but what you have is a really cute, really charming, really well made game that was basically, like I said, a, a love letter to platform games from the yesteryear. So. So Cave Story revolves around, quote, uh, quote, is a robot who wakes up suffering amnesia and, quote, has to explore all these cavernous areas in order to figure out his backstory and escape from the cave. Um, as he power ups his weapons, he gains access to new areas. That's the Metroidvania concept. Um, and it's a really living, breathing world full of non-player characters that, you know, kind of help you flesh out the story. This cavernous interior is a floating Island. It's the cavernous interior of a floating Island. And the Island is populated by the Mamiga, who is a race of sentient rabbit like creatures. Now there is a species of red flower that grows here inside the Island that causes these Mamiga, who are normally peaceful, to fall into a violent frenzy. Um, and there's also, the island also holds an artifact called the Demon Crown, which is like this vast magical power. And so basically what happens is there's an army of robot soldiers who are sent to the island on an expedition who are there to capture the Demon Crown, who want to use it as a weapon for, for war. The Mamiga were slaughtered by the robots as the robots were searching for the crown, but were inevitably defeated when they decided to, as a latchstist resort, eat the red flowers, turn into these violently, you know, violent creatures, um, and 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 that helped them. That helped them win. And that's just a backstory. <laughs> wow. Shortly before the game begins, um, basically a professor, um, a family, and different assistants, they formed a scientific party to research the island, um, but they became stranded when one of the party members managed to acquire the crown. He then basically used the power of the crown to force the expedition to search for red flowers. Cue you waking up as, quote, who has no idea why you're there, what's going on, and anything. And you have to figure out this story and defeat everyone and save the Mamiga. So it's really not a long game. It's only about six hours long. I remember the first time I played it, I got to do it in only one setting. And to be honest with you, I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. And then the six hours just kind of flew because it is really an excellent game. It's a lot of fun and it just kind of, flu it, it just it's just one of those games you get sucked into and, and then it's done which is kind of sad when that happens but six hours is a good uh i think six hours is a good time for a game too you know because it is the kind of thing you can do in one sitting but you also don't necessarily feel feel like your whole day might be wasted you know yeah absolutely now the original cave story like i said it was a free game and then it wasn't um it's been put on just about everything you could think of it's been made for linux uh the short-lived haiku os 
It's been on the Amiga OX. It's on the Mac OS X systems. They made it for the PlayStation Portable. It's on the original Xbox. It's made for Dreamcast, Sega Genesis even. It's also been developed for the TI graphing calculator. Uh, Okay. Yep. Cave Story has been ported over to just about everything. That's no joke. I know. Now, the version that I remember is Cave Story Plus. That's that's they 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 made some improvements to, to the game, to the story. They fleshed it out some more. They released it as an actual game uh, called Cave Story Plus. That's the one I'm I, I had an opportunity to play that was made for PC. I believe it's on Steam. That's probably where I have it. In fact, I think I originally got it in a humble bundle, like one of the very first ever humble bundles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's also since come out on the Switch. So for those of you that want a little bit of portable love with Cave Story Plus, you can get on the Switch. One of the other interesting things about Cave Story Plus is it has uh, themes around holidays. So like around Halloween, the rabbits are wearing like pumpkins and stuff. And around Christmas, there's Christmas trees and stuff around. So that's kind of funny. Nice. And on Pixel's birthday, which is April 29th, uh, if you've never done it before, I'm telling this to those of you that are familiar with the game. There's an achievement for playing the game on that day and a little surprise for you if you load it up on April 29th. So mark that day on your calendar, y'all. April 29th. Play Cave Story Plus on Pixel's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, they remade this game in 3D for the Nintendo 3DS. So, I mean, it goes without saying they revamped the graphics and everything threw it on the 3ds and uh and away you go and like i said it's not a very long game not a big investment you know uh running through it basically is six hours if you're the completionist type it's probably about a 10 hour game still really great really great game really cute story really really charming so yeah cave story you know cave story cave story but I've just kind of raved about it. Obviously, you know I love it, but I'm not the only opinion we ever get to have around here. As always, we like to pull critic reviews and we like to pull user reviews uh, to see how you all that aren't me and Rob feel about this game. So, Rob, take it away. All right, Dave. Well, first up, we have IGN, who's referring to the Wii version. And they say that playing Cave Story is like discovering a fantastic NES game you somehow missed back in the day. New retro games are all the rage recently with efforts like Mega Man 10 and Dark Void Zero. But Cave Story did the old school thing back in 2004. It's a cult hit on PC and hopefully a new audience will enjoy it now that it's available on WiiWare. Cave Story just feels right on a Nintendo system. Although Cave Story plays and is presented like an NES game, the tale is more mature than what we were playing in 1987. You control a young boy who awakens in a dangerous cave and sets out on a quest to determine his purpose. He encounters a village of creatures that resemble rabbits called Mimigas. Is that how you say it? Sure, we'll go with that. You don't know? Yeah, I, I, I call them Amigas, but Mimigas works too. I don't think either one matters. Okay, he encounters a village of creatures that resemble rabbits called Mimigas and learns that they've nearly been wiped out by an evil doctor. The boy must defeat the doctor and his underlings to rescue a captured Mimiga named Sue. 
While I realize that description doesn't sound very sophisticated, it's the way the plot unravels that makes it feel like a grown-up, twisted fairy tale. The storytelling here is way ahead of anything on the NES. You aren't given any explanation at the beginning. Instead, you'll discover what's going on and who you are as you go. The only real problem with Cave Story is that you've been able to play it for free for six years. Hardcore gamers, the audience for this title, tend to be careful with how they spend their money, and I totally understand if they are suspicious about paying for something they can legitimately play for free. But whether it's being given away or monetized, there is no getting around the fact that Cave Story is a terrific game, and developers Studio Pixel and Nicholas certainly deserve to be rewarded for their talents. Probably Nicholas. Sure. Yeah. Cave Story is one of the best NES games ever made. It tells an elaborate tale full of endearing characters, fun boss fights, and satisfying weapons. The polish and tight controls are on par with what you would have found in a first-party Nintendo NES game. Delightful, whimsical, and curious. This is a game that begs to be explored. Well, I guess it goes without saying that my sentiment is the same as other people's. It certainly is an excellent retro game, which, so you got to understand, you know, we would have been late 2000s. This came out in 2004. That wasn't a thing. Like, I think it's more of a thing now because, you know, indie games are much more, there's much more indie games now than there was back then. But when this made, that wasn't quite the case. This is, we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll talk about that in a moment. Go ahead, Rob. Next up, we have Game Informer, also on the Wii version, who says that imagine a game that was created but never released during the classic era of early console gaming. It has the side-scrolling platforming and upgrades of Metroid, pattern bosses that rival the early Ninja Gaiden titles, and music that stands toe-to-toe with any 8-bit Mega Man. Give it a compelling mythology like Link to the Past, and multiple endings in the style of many Castlevania titles. Now, you have a pretty good idea what to expect out of Cave Story. I guess I'm not the only one that felt the need to compare it to a lot of retro titles. Apparently not, Dave. I think you might have gotten some inspiration here. Along the way, gamers meet an amusing mix of characters that form the heart of the experience. However, it's the journey through Cave Story's creative settings that make the game so much fun. The game does a fine job of communicating a sense of magic and discovery as you move through sandblasted ruins, underwater rivers, and stark cliffside climbs. The strange creatures that oppose you along the way are unique and varied in their attack strategies. Cave Story has a retro look that could be a turnoff for some, but there's a surprising sharpness and detailed beauty to the game world. A plethora of dangerous creatures never cease to surprise, visually striking backdrops abound, and hand-drawn character art brings the colorful colorful personalities to life. Equally important to the presentation is the musical score, a catchiest game tunes of the 1980s. As an added bonus, both the original and updated scores are included. Reinvigorated by the folks in the Callus, Daisuke Yamaya's remarkable game is engrossing, challenging, and quite lengthy for a downloadable title. Yes, indeed. It was a lot of fun. Well, that's critic reviews. Obviously, the critics all loved it. What did other gamers think about the game? Well, Dave, let's start out with Metacritic's Epic Man 5125, 
who says that this game is so good, it's kind of hard to know where to start. This game was a masterpiece and made by one person in the original version. Incredible. If I had to tell everything I love about this game, I would exceed my character limit. So let me keep it short and sweet. I didn't know a 2D platformer shooter RPG could have such entertainment. It was fun and challenging. The plot was also solid and very well made. God, this was a great game. Boss battles were so much fun, except for Monster X. That boss fight was a butthole. This game might give you the rage of a Mega Man game. Sorry to be warned, this is not an easy game, especially if you're going for the best ending. It helps if you save a lot, however. My only complaints are 1. I hated the fetch quest in the bushland. 2. It is very unobvious how to get the best ending. My final comments, get the game. You will love it. There is so much to love about it. Though, you may be saving and dying quite a bit. This game is so much fun and is a masterpiece when you include the plot and likable characters. Now keep calm and shoot on. Yes, indeedy. I wish I remembered that fetch quest in the bushland. I don't, but apparently uh, yeah. it, nope. it, people hate it. So I do remember he's right about the best ending not being very obvious, but by the time I played it, I had the luxury of the internet. So uh, we were able to take care of that. Yeah, I'm sure that definitely helps, Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right, Dave. Well, next up from Moby Games, we have user Optrumin Minilukius. Nice. Can you say that again? Optrumineluicus. Okay, we'll go with that. Okay. Optrumineluicus. Who says that in my youth, every game was an adventure. Every nook and cranny was explored over and over again. Every aspect of the game was thoroughly enjoyed, and I must have played my first 10 or so games 50 times or more. Maybe this was because the games really were that good, that it's not just nostalgia, but that the games really were better back in the days. Then again, maybe not. Maybe it was simply because I was a kid and couldn't afford new games more than two or three times a year and living in a small town with no internet. I mean, it was the 80s. Trying out new stuff wasn't really an option unless one of my friends somehow got a hold of a new exciting game that we'd only read snippets about in those rare foreign video game magazines. Thus, games like Metroid and Zelda were played over and over and over and over and over again. (laughs) Going back to try to relive those moments in 2005 does little else but leave a sour taste in my mouth and another of those fond childhood memories destroyed forever. Enter Dokuzo Monogatari. For this is the first time since another world in flashback that I can sit down with a ridiculous smile on my face and just enjoy the sheer fun of a fantastic platform adventure. Dokutsu Monogatari more than lives up to the memories of the fantastic 2D platform adventuring of the 80s. In fact, this game outshines them all. This is, simply put, awesome. The graphics are great, the music is great, The controls and story and the feeling is great. And if you think the game is easy to solve, it'll take you about six hours. Then there's a harder game mode that is not accessible through any menus, but by doing things a little differently on the second or third time through. 
I will, however, not spoil any of the fun by saying how. But when was the last time your actions in a platform game actually affected how the story develops further on? I can't even think of a pure adventure game where this was possible. All in all, a fantastic game. And it's free. So there's no excuse for not playing this. Spread the word. It's free, Rob. It's free, Dave. I know now. It's free. Let's find out from our next user. Yes, let's. Let's. So user Diego R. from Metacritic says, Man, I love Cave Story. In fact, I'd say it's one of the greatest video games ever made. But the PC version just pisses on the WiiWare release. The Wii edition is so bad that it's almost an insult. The new music doesn't even have drum tracks, or work properly for that matter. Instruments come in late. Audio glitches galore. Also, I honestly can't see that much difference between the older versus the newer graphics either. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say the old graphics are much easier on the eyes. Also, the music doesn't even loop properly. In short, this is an inferior version. I'd avoid it like the plague until they fix the glaring issues and get the PC version instead. Well, apparently he didn't like the Wii version. Apparently not. He wanted the free version. So look, so I'm staring at Metacritic right now. And one, two, three of the first five reviews refer to it as a Metroid. Like, I I love Metroid games, and so I love this game. So I would say to anyone that if you are a fan of the Metroidvania genre, you will be a fan of Cave Story. It is an excellent, excellent, excellent addition to the genre. So, yes, indeed, Dave. What are you missing? You're missing out, Rob. I yeah, I need to get on it. Cave Story is really considered to be one of the most influential games released between, let's say, you know, the years 2004 and when it came to the states in 2011. Um, this was a time just before we had what we kind of call the indie revolution. Um, the indie revolution were when we really started to get really special indie games like Braid, which was 2008, Super Meat Boy in 2010, Fez in 2012. You know, it, it was the first of it was really the first of this indie revolution. It, it had an incredibly large impact on the indie game industry, all the recognition that it got, all the success that it got as a one person team really paved the way for a lot of these other indie titles to to be made because suddenly people realized that you didn't have to be a large triple a studio with millions of dollars and hundreds of people to make a successful video game um i think that's a lot more common now you know we have the undertales with with toby fox and concerned ape with stardew valley you know, we have a lot more one person indie titles that are successful nowadays, but this is really the the first per se of the modern era that I can remember. I don't think it's fair to include the old school because a lot of your like Atari games and that were designed by one person, but that was way different back then, you know? Sure, Dave. Yeah. Don't agree. Agree. I mean, I uh, I don't really know too much myself. I mean haven't talked a whole lot about Atari development to know. I think we've talked about it enough to have. Oh, I don't know. 
a little bit of an opinion. I don't know. I don't think enough. (laughs) I'm not even going to touch that. This is easily one of the most successful of the Japanese indie games, you know, that came specifically out of uh, uh, Japanese Japan. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. And really reinvigorated the Metroidvania genre because, you know, it we get actual Metroid games far and few in between. We hadn't had a successful one in a while. And, and this this game really, you know, really reinvigorated the genre. Now you got a lot of good ones like Hollow Knight. And... There's a lot of good ones. I only named one, but <laughs> I was going to say that's uh, not a whole lot there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I drew a blank, okay? I have a lot of information about a lot of different things, and I'm not always going to be able to reference it right off the top of my head. I drew a blank. Hollow Knight is an excellent Metroidvania game. If you've never played it, play it. One of my absolute favorite Metroidvania games, which we have on our schedule for 2022, I'm excited for, is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Which would honestly have come before this, but it was uh, it's an, a really good title. So, but uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this game was just really influential. I don't know if we would have, and it may have come, but it may have come later. But I think it laid the groundwork for the indie genre, which is just huge today. I think it laid the groundwork at a really important time when we needed it. it it's probably still one of the most important indie games out there. And yeah, we have it to thank for indie indie everywhere. Do we even really have indie games anymore? Like there's so many games on like the Steam market. I mean, really, are they, aren't they at some point? Aren't they just games and not indie games? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, Dave. No, well, that's OK. But yeah. So if you never played Cave Story, I'd highly suggest going to play it. Um, I'm sure that it is out there. I highly recommend like the, the, um, cave story plus versions, you know, that you could purchase for it, but literally you can just search for cave story. There's cavestory.org is the website and you can download the original version of cave story in just about every translation. It's been translated to everything. It's still in Japanese, you know, English, Brazilian, Portuguese, Chinese, Dutch, French, German, Portuguese, Polish, Spanish. Uh, You can literally play it no matter where you're from, what language you speak or so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I would I would highly suggest giving it a shot. Not a big investment. Like I said, six to ten hours. You will not regret it if you're a fan of old retro platforming game Metroidvania's. Or so on and so forth. And that, my friends, is pretty much everything I have to say about Cave Story. Yeah. Cool. What's your excuse, Rob? What do you mean my excuse, Dave? <laughs> For not playing it. Uh, I didn't know it was free until now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Not that we'll probably play it because we have huge gaming backlogs. Um, but I do, I do think it's a lot of fun. So speaking of backlogs, you know, we're episode 69, which means we have 68, (laughs) we have 68 other episodes for you to check. Um, a lot of which are 
longer and more in depth in this episode. You know, as we as we round the end of the year, because we have the holidays, I, I tend to pick what I call softball topics where I don't go as much in depth, you know, games I want people to play that I just kind of want to touch on uh, that we can do shorter episodes because, you know, we all are in the middle of things, don't have as much time to uh, talk or listen to a podcast. Uh, but we have 68 more episodes and you can check them all out on our website, which is www.memorycardlane.com. Also on our website, we have a calendar of upcoming events. We have a, a link to our Patreon, a link to our Discord, where you can come join us, join our community, come play video, video games with us, and so on and so forth. And uh, you can also learn a little bit about us. There's also links to our social media. I can be found on Twitter at David is wrong. Rob, what you doing on social media these days? Well, Dave, I can be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. So, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is our website, memorycardlane.com. Don't forget it, memorycardlane.com. So this is about the time every week where we revisit, we revisit our theme. So each week we try to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back from the world as its legacy. I feel like I've presented you all three today. You know where the inspiration came from. You know what it did for the indie game genre, so on and so forth. But we like to go round table and talk about our biggest takeaway for each week. Rob, tell me what you learned today about Cave Story. I honestly had no idea that it was developed by one person. Yeah, that's a really, it's always fascinating. Uh, can you think of any other modern examples other than the two I gave that are one person games? Uh, no, I I don't know enough about development of games, admittedly, to know. I think Braid was another one. Super Meat Boy was two people. Fez was one person, if I'm not, mis- don't hold me on that. I have no clue cut that cut that cut that cut that so braid was jonathan blow if i'm not mistaken anyway i i should know those are all on indie game the movie which i watched when it came out but yeah one person i think it's impressive to devote five years of your life to a single project and be able to see it through i think that's really impressive oh absolutely it is i i wish that i i wish i had that i do I'm I I don't have that I don't have that in me I I don't know why but I don't have that in me and I really wish I did because I have a lot of really cool projects that I've started that I really need to finish I feel that Dave fun 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 uh what did I learn today what did I learn today what did I learn today I learned about his basically how the game was made that was all new to me the fact that he started out it's funny because it's where we all start out, right? When you take one of these video game design classes, it's pretty much like, okay, so here, make a character model. Okay, cool. Well, here's here's how you program it to move left and move right. Cool. Here's how you program it to jump, you know? Here's how you program it to not walk through a wall. Like, you learn all these basic things, and it really fascinates me that that's where he started. You know, he had a bunch of soap bars running around. <laughs> doing things and basically the concept of the enemies and the concept of the cave story all started out with you know 
the fact that he could only do these basic things and it just kind of grew from there. Now, I think he deserves a lot more credit for that. One of the things that is most telling our most notable about cave story is it's just a really great story and you have to be a good storyteller to do that. So he really deserves credit because, you know, I, I talked about Thomas was alone being like just square graphics. If you have a really good story, you can kind of get away with the rest and cave story is perhaps a really good example. Although the rest of it filled in as you went along. All right. Well, Rob, before I take it out of here, what do you want to add? Well, Dave, as always, I just want to take a quick moment to say thank you to everyone for listening to us. We are still enjoy doing this. Hopefully you're still enjoying listening to us. But do please let us know because we love hearing from you. It's always fun. Yeah, right on. Join our discord. Talk to us. Uh, be sure to you know, hit that button and subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we always appreciate the feedback and like Rob said, thank you so much. So next week is going to be another short episode, you know, uh, at the end of each year, we celebrate the end of the year with our, what's now a yearly tradition of looking back and doing a year of review episode. 2021 was 2021. It was slightly better than 2020 for video gaming. Gave us a little bit more time to explore video game libraries and frankly, a little bit more video games to explore. You know, 2020 didn't see a whole lot of video game releases. 2021 was definitely better in that. So yeah, next week, year in review. That's what we're doing. Yay. so we'll talk about the games we've played we're each gonna bring our favorite episode for the year uh and talk about why it's our favorite podcast episode for the year um and so we'll kind of do a little a mini episode uh to review the end of the year so join us again next week as we celebrate the new year uh and take a new year's trip down memory card lane do the thing do ba do a do up, do ba do a do up, wah.